Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, it is. Back in better than ever. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Shell Pennzoil performance line, including Kurt Warner in a half hour. Jalen and the Jet together an hour from now. And if you were wondering what a man sounds like with a new lease on life, you are going to hear it in exactly 15 minutes. All of that and more on the way. But first... Crossover, downhill against Nurkic. Shoots, scores, and a foul. Anthony Davis roaring here in the first half. Anthony Davis. For the Lakers to become champions that they want to be, Anthony Davis has to be their best player from the standpoint of scoring and rebounding. Takes one right, shot fake, bounces one, spin, shoots the fader, and it drops it in another one. What a night for Anthony Davis. 31 and 10 now. Listen, I understand people hit the panic button after game one, but just because it's cloudy outside, it doesn't mean it's going to rain. The Lakers are just fine. Time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. And my Straight Talk is this. I told you. I told you the Lakers win last night easy. And the reason is because the great ones don't lose that game. Don't be fooled by the fact that LeBron James scored 10 points last night. Do you know why LeBron James scored 10 points last night? Because he could. Because Anthony Davis took care of business last night. But if LeBron James had needed to score 50 points for his team to win last night, he would. Because that's what the Immortals do. They don't lose Game 2 to the 8 seed in the first round of the playoffs. That wasn't ever on the list of options. But this was a very important night. Very. Because I've been telling you on TV every morning for weeks, and I will continue saying it on this show as long as they go. The Lakers go this year as far as Anthony Davis takes them. Anthony Davis was the great one last night. He is the most important player in the NBA postseason. It's not Kawhi. It's not Giannis. It's not even LeBron. It's Anthony Davis. Because their team isn't good enough even for LeBron to win the championship with it. Unless Anthony Davis is brilliant. Unless Anthony Davis is what he was last night. Unstoppable. The best player on the floor because he should be. Dominant in every phase of the game. Offense, rebounding, long-distance shooting, passing. Anthony Davis is a unicorn. LeBron James knows it. He's the best player LeBron's ever played with. I've had some great teammates in my career. Um, AD is one of those unicorns. um, And he does things that some of my other great teammates are not capable of doing. He's not the greatest teammate LeBron James has ever had. That's Dwayne Wade, who was a first ballot Hall of Famer. Anthony Davis is not yet historically the great that Wade is, but he should be, and he will be if he does it right. Anthony Davis asks for this. He wanted this. He, he got himself out of New Orleans to come play with LeBron, to come play with the Lakers, the brightest spotlight in the entire sport because he wanted it. Now he's got it. Game one, not so good. Last night, spectacular. And if he plays like that, the Lakers win the championship. It's that simple. When you have the two best players you win in basketball, They have LeBron, and he will be LeBron. They will have one of the two best players on the court in every game they play, no matter how far they go. The question is, do they have them both? And Anthony Davis is that good. When you make a list of the best players in the NBA right now, there shouldn't be one without Anthony Davis on it. It's his own fault that sometimes we forget that. If he doesn't let us forget it in this postseason, then the Lakers are going to win the championship. Jay Will talked about it this morning on KJZ. We need to start seeing King Davis. We know who King James is, but in order for this reign to build into the dynasty we know it can be, 
We need to see the maturation of King Davis on the floor. I can pass you the torch all day long. You have to take it. You You have to take it. That's exactly right. Jay Will is exactly right. LeBron wants to give the torch to Anthony Davis. LeBron wants to win. And LeBron knows the game better than anybody knows the game. I don't know if you saw him mic'd up last night, but that moment where the referees appear to be giving the team, the wrong team, the ball, and he is up off the bench yelling and screaming, it's our ball. LeBron James is a basketball savant. He's a basketball genius. You don't get to beat him without being that. And LeBron James understands that he can't be 10 years younger than he is. He can't win this without Anthony Davis being the best player on the floor. So let's see if AD can do it. Last night he did it. There isn't any question they get through this series. But they will have to be brilliant to go the distance. And anything short of that is a disappointment. That's what happens when you have LeBron James on your team and when you add another guy like Anthony Davis. LeBron doesn't have almost anything at stake. LeBron's legacy is set. Yes, he can still move up, but he can't move down. Nothing that happens from this point forward moves LeBron down the list of greatest players of all time. I suppose in theory he could move up. Kind of hard to move up when some people have you number one. But that's neither here nor there. His legacy is set. The legacy that is at stake belongs to Anthony Davis who was supposed to be Giannis before Giannis. So let's see him be that. If he is that, the Lakers win the whole thing. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. As I mentioned, we'll talk about it with Jalen Rose and Kenny the Jet Smith coming up off the top of the next hour. There are a lot of other things I want to get to today. Important stuff last night from the commissioner of the NBA, Adam Silver, when he did an interview with our Rachel Nichols. Of all the things he said, this is the most significant. December 1, now that we're working through this season, is feeling um, a little bit early to me. I think our number one goal is to get fans back in our arenas. My sense is, and working with the Players Association, if we could push back even a little longer and it increase the likelihood of having fans in arenas, that's what we, we, we would be targeting. Push back the start of next season from December 1st, maybe Christmas? They want fans in the arenas. That isn't the important part of what he said, because that should be obvious. Of course, they want fans in the arenas. We all want that. We have no idea when that's going to be possible again. Maybe a miracle happens and it's January in the form of a vaccine. More likely, it's sometime later in the year next year. We'll see. We don't know. That isn't what I meant. That isn't the important part of what he said. The important part of what he said is that the start of next season is unlikely to be as early as December 1st. Do you know what happens next July? The Olympics happen next July. If the Olympics take place, they are scheduled for next July. Now, there may not be an Olympics next year. But if there is an Olympics next year, it's scheduled for next July. If the NBA doesn't start its season until Christmas, let's call it, their season's not over in time for the NBA players to play in the Olympics. So what Adam Silver was essentially telling you last night was, the NBA players aren't going to the Olympics next summer. And you know what I say? I say that's good. We shouldn't be doing that anyway. We made our point in 92. We should have been done then. I'm not crazy about the NBA players in the Olympics. Everybody knows the best basketball is played in this country. The best basketball players come from this country. It is the reason that the best basketball players in every other country come to play here. We don't need to make that point anymore. The Olympics should only be for athletes for whom the Olympics is the apex of their sport. Why is golf in the Olympics? There's no reason for golf to be in the Olympics. 
Ask Tiger Woods if he would trade any of his green jackets for a gold medal. If you wouldn't trade the championship of your sport for a gold medal, you shouldn't be in the Olympics. The Olympics should be for people who consider a gold medal the absolute crowning achievement of their sport. There are many countries who feel that way about basketball. Let them play. Now, the problem we have is we used to send the college kids. We don't have college kids anymore. All the college kids who could play in the Olympics are in the NBA already, almost immediately. So I don't know who we would send. But I'm done with sending the NBA players to the Olympics, and I've been saying that forever. I was saying that in the Olympics of 2000, the summer of 2000, I was on these airwaves saying exactly that. Tennis. Why is tennis in the Olympics? Would Roger Federer give back one of his Wimbledons or any of his Grand Slams? In order to get a gold medal? Don't be ridiculous. Of course he wouldn't, under any circumstances. That's why they shouldn't be tennis in the Olympics or golf. And we don't need to send the NBA players. They should play a full season next year, compete for a championship, and get on with their lives. The NBA playoffs continue tonight on ESPN Radio, or tomorrow, I should say. Harden and the Rockets battling the Thunder. That's presented by Indeed. Coverage starts 5.30 Eastern on most of these ESPN Radio stations. I'm just getting started. Kurt Warner in 20 minutes. Jalen off the top of the next hour. But up next, the single most interesting word I heard any athlete use yesterday. You'll hear it after this. I'm Greeny. This is ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This just in, while we're in a break, Mets-Yankees this weekend postponed. Mets have had several players, several people in their organization test positive for the virus. It's tough stuff. It's just challenging what they're going through in baseball right now, trying to get through this season. I know a lot of people like to take shots at them. It is fashionable to take shots at baseball. They've made some mistakes along the way. There's no question of that. But I do admire the way they're just trying to persevere, and that's all they're trying to do, try and get some semblance of, of a regular season that feels real enough to justify having the playoffs that they should and will have, that will be in some sort of bubble environment. That should be terrific if they can get there. They're just trying to get there. I hope they can. So we'll check in on that if we get a chance. Meanwhile, I told you you will hear the most interesting word that any athlete said yesterday. It will be the last word that you hear here from Rob Gronkowski, in Tampa, when he was talking yesterday about how well he's moving right now. I'm feeling good out there. My body feels good. Uh, that's why I came back to the game, uh, and that's how I want to be moving. I want to be moving like how I was back in the day. Uh, sure. No doubt about that. Why, why else would I want to come back to the game and be moving like poop? Like poop. It's fun. It's funny. He's funny. It's refreshing. It's refreshing to hear him sound like that. You know what that sounds like? That sounds like a man with a new lease on life. Remember what he sounded like when he was talking about stepping away from the game? Wasn't that long ago when he talked about why he retired? This is what he sounded like. I needed to recover. I was not in a good place. Football 
was bringing me down. And I didn't like it. And I was losing that joy in life. Like, the joy. I'm sorry right now, but, oh, (laughs) dang, let me, oh. I really was, and I was fighting through it. Sound like the same guy? So there's two obvious reasons why he sounds so happy now, by comparison. One of them is, of course, that part of what he was talking about there, maybe even most of what he was talking about there, was injuries, and he had a ton of them. And he was moving like poop. Anyone remembers the game they lost to Miami on that crazy last play when Gronkowski was trying to make a tackle, remembers that he looked like poop trying to make that play. But that wasn't the only thing that I think was weighing on him at the end. It was also the Patriot way. And I say this not as a criticism, just the opposite. Being the best is hard, really hard. Winning a championship is incredibly hard. Being the best for 20 years consecutively in sports is really hard. It almost never happens. Did you watch Last Dance? Do you think everyone around Michael Jordan was having fun in Chicago? Remember the most astonishing moment of the entire 10 hours of Last Dance when Michael teared up and had to call for a break after saying, In response to those who said that he was a taskmaster, that it was hard to play with him, it was hard to play for him, which essentially is what it was. He said, if you don't want to play this way, don't play this way. He got tears in his eyes. And he called for a break because he didn't want to start crying in front of the cameras. But that's Bill Belichick. That's what it takes to be that. It takes total dedication. It takes complete focus. Sometimes that's not fun. I would guess most of the time it's not fun. I wouldn't know. I've never been involved in anything exactly like that. But I was around Jordan in those teams. For those of you who don't know me or know my background, that's what I did. That's where I was before I came to ESPN. I covered sports locally in Chicago, and I covered Michael Jordan and the championship bulls in the 90s every day for four years. I don't think it was always fun. They didn't make that public. Those were reserved for whispers to Sam Smith, who wrote The Jordan Rules, and others. But you didn't really see it all on display until those films this summer, and that's why they were so good. And I would guess that's a lot like what it looks like inside the Patriot way. Bill Belichick is Michael Jordan. Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, all-time greats, who I think will always appreciate what that did for them Put them both in the Hall of Fame. Brady's the greatest quarterback that ever lived. He has Belichick to thank, at least in part, for that. Gronkowski is a first ballot Hall of Famer. He has Belichick and Brady to thank for that. I don't think that either of them hate him. But I do think when you get away from that, it's got to be refreshing. So that's why Gronk doesn't sound like he wants to cry anymore. He uses funny words like poop to describe why he's moving so well. So I think that's a new lease on life. And I think Brady will have a new lease on life as well. What Brady is doing at his age is, it is candidly impossible. So he's doing the impossible. I believe he will have a new lease on life this year as well. I think they will be really good. We will talk to Kurt Warner about what he expects from Brady and Gronk and the Bucks in a minute. In the meantime... 
I wanted to play something for you that made me sad. This is tough. It's it's tough to it's tough to listen to. This is a soundbite, a short soundbite from Randy Wade. He was the parent of a football player in the Big Ten. A group of parents gathered together today in Rosemont, Illinois, which is just outside of the city. It's right by the airport, for those who don't know Chicago. It's right by O'Hare, and it is where the Big Ten's offices are. Those offices are closed because of the pandemic. So there was nobody there. These people showed up to sort of protest or demonstrate or whatever the right word is for what they did in front of no one. But they just wanted to be heard because they're parents. And I'm a parent, so I feel it. I feel it when Randy Wade says this. We want to get some transparency on it. We want to know, okay, what has to happen in these different areas around these schools for us to move forward safely? We, don't, we just don't want them to say, okay, we can't play because uncertainty. I'm military. You're always going to have uncertainty. You know, we, we got to do better than that. Go tell that guy that he doesn't, he, he doesn't deserve to be able to feel the way he feels. Go tell that guy that he isn't entitled to feel as though he needs more answers than he's getting, even if he's wrong. I'm not telling him anything. One of the rules that I have always had and that I will have on this show is I don't tell anyone else how to raise their kids and I don't really care how anyone else feels about the way I raise mine. But I will say this, that if I were a parent, I am a parent actually of a Big Ten student. My daughter goes to Northwestern. She's not a football player, obviously. She's not an athlete at all. But were I in that circumstance, it's very difficult for me to imagine how I'd feel. But I, I know that I would feel as though I was entitled to every bit of information that there was. Now, I want to make clear that I'm not saying they haven't been given that. Because in a pandemic, there are always more questions than there are answers. So maybe Kevin Warren, the commissioner of the Big Ten, doesn't have any better answers than what he's offered. That's not a criticism. That is understanding, an attempt on my part to be understanding. Maybe he doesn't know any more than he's told you. And I fully believe they have made what they believe to be the right decision, the best decision for the largest number of people. And what you cannot accuse them of is chasing the money because this goes in the opposite direction from the money. And it is impossible not to notice that yesterday I've got the coach of Stanford on, David Shaw, in the Pac-12 telling me that his players expressed gratitude when they were told that their season had been called off. And the Big Ten parents are demonstrating outside an empty headquarters in Rosemont, Illinois. Makes me sad. I feel bad for them because as a parent, I can't help but, tr- but sort of imagine myself in their position. And I can't fathom what it must feel like. Hopefully everyone will be all right. I believe they're doing what they believe is the right thing to do. The NBA playoffs are on ESPN Radio. Tune in Sunday. Luca and the Mavs. Kawhi and the Clippers. Great game. Presented by Indeed. Coverage begins 3 Eastern on most of these ESPN Radio stations. Coming up next, the Hall of Famer Kurt Warner on Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, and more. That's right after this. I'm Greeny. This is ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. 
Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, back with you, presented by Progressive Insurance, and it is my delight to talk a little football and get into some quarterback play with a Hall of Fame quarterback, uh, Pro Football Hall of Famer, and from the NFL Network, Kurt Warner was with me on the Shell Penzel performance line. How are you, Kurt? Greeny, I am doing extremely well, all things considered, and uh, excited to uh, to talk to you and excited to talk some football. Uh, I think for a long time we weren't sure what it was going to look like, and so it's now now it's fun to to see guys out at training camp and competing and uh, the season getting closer. I agree. It has sort of an optimistic feel to it one way or another, and we all need a little optimism right now. So let's just talk about this as though it is all going to happen and then root for the best. And, and let's start at the very beginning, which I think at this point is Patrick Mahomes. I wonder, through the eyes of a Hall of Fame quarterback yourself, as you watch this kid through the first two years, essentially, of his career, what do you think we're seeing? Well, I, I think we're seeing, um, and again, it's it's so early that you hate to, you know, throw accolades on top of somebody that's this young. You hate to put that expectation on them. But I think we're seeing a young man that is capable of being considered one of the greatest to ever play the game. And, you know, I've said this for a couple of years now that he's got the whole combination, that he's very good inside the pocket. He sees the game uh, uniquely. He's got the ability to create different kinds of throws and that's not the you know no look passes and you know run in one direction and throwing 40 yards the other I'm saying within the course of a play he's got the ability to see how it may transpire in different ways and create different throws and then you add the physical side of it which you know I think compares to any of the greatest from a from a talent standpoint greatest quarterbacks we've ever seen and you know Again, we, we've got the makings of what could be one of the greatest to ever play the game. It's a long way to go, a lot to accomplish, but based on what we've seen so early, I'm excited to see where he goes. And, and I do possibly think that uh, when it's all said and done, we're going to be talking about him as one of those top quarterbacks that this game's ever seen. I, I saw a quote from him in which he said, he's just learning to read defenses. Sometimes he doesn't even know <laughs> what it is. He's looking at Kurt. What does that look like? If he hasn't figured the game out yet, what does it look like when he does? Well, I think there's a couple of ways to look at that, Greeny. Is that you know, first and foremost, when you say you know, not even reading all the defenses yet. Sometimes we make it so technical. Well, I got to tell if it's cover three or cover four or cover two. I think the greatest quarterbacks have the ability that, regardless of what the coverage is, they can see holes in the defense. And so even though I think he's growing in terms of recognizing specific coverages on the snap or as quickly as it's shown in the NFL, he has a great ability to understand where the defense is and where they're not. And that, to me, is the key to playing quarterback more than understanding all the, the, the little details of what coverage I might be seeing on a particular snap. It's, okay, where are they? How are they covering those different areas? And how can you attack it? And he does a great job at that, even early in early stages of his career. Kurt Warner with us, Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline. Kurt, let's, let's talk about Aaron Rodgers, whose situation now is one that I, I think you can relate to. I, all of us remember when you were with the Giants and they take Eli Manning and, and he comes in and clearly he's going to be the quarterback someday. Now, the circumstances aren't exactly the same, but you went and had a spectacular next chapter in Arizona and, and were there in another Super Bowl. So... With that sort of as the backdrop, I wonder your perspective on Aaron Rodgers and what you would imagine is going through his mind right now. 
Well, I mean, I think right now it's, okay, I'm going to show everybody that they shouldn't have taken a quarterback or that I'm not going to give up my job anytime soon. I think that's going to be his attitude going into this season. But as we all know, when you draft a young quarterback, you do believe he's going to be the future at at some point. So the question to me is how long can Aaron Rodgers, and it's not just Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers and this team hold off Jordan Love because I believe Aaron Rodgers is going to play good enough football that you're not going to replace him with a young guy probably ever. But the big question to me becomes how good is this team? Like if this team starts to take a dip because you look at their roster and I, I don't believe that they've upgraded from where they were last year. So if this team doesn't make the playoffs and isn't as competitive over the next couple of years, that's when you start to make those types of decisions where, well, our team's not in a place to be a championship team, even though we might have a quarterback that is. So, you know, it it may be time to cut ties with Aaron Rodgers, let him go somewhere else and start building for our future. So I, I believe this is twofold. I don't believe Aaron Rodgers will lose the job, but will this team take some kind of transition over the next few years from a talent standpoint, from a success standpoint, that it makes it more advantageous for the Packers to move towards the future? Kurt Warner with us on ESPN Radio. Kurt, let's talk about Tom Brady for a moment. Uh, Rob Gronkowski said yesterday he thinks Brady's arm is as strong as it was 10 years ago. I think Tom Brady is seven years older than you are, and you're already in the Hall of Fame. How, so it's a two-part question for you. A, how do you explain what he's doing at this age? And then B, I do wonder, after 20 years playing in one place, to start and learn an entirely new offense without the benefit of any preseason, without the benefit of a normal offseason, what, what impact do you think that will have on his ability to be great this year? Okay, with the first part of your question, um, it doesn't surprise me. I I tell you what, I mean, I go out in the backyard and I don't throw that much, but I feel like I could still go and make every throw I need to on a football field. So I don't believe guys just all of a sudden get to a certain age and they they can't throw the football anymore. Tom, Drew, those guys keep themselves in unbelievable shape. They take care of themselves. There's not the wear and tear on quarterbacks in this day and age as there was before. So I, I, I got to say, I'm not really surprised that Tom Brady looks and is playing as well as he is. The question just becomes, how long does do these guys want to do it? Because I believe they're going to be able to do it for a number of years. Uh, in terms of, of making the transition, you know, it's funny that, you know, there's something to be said about being in a system and knowing it like the back of your hand uh, and showing up at training camp and not really having to worry about anything except playing football. But there's also something to be said about the excitement of going to a new place and having to, you know, te- or I, I learn a new system first and foremost, but being able to be around different guys and help build a culture. There's something really exciting about that. And I really feel like that was part of this move for Tom Brady was I'm excited about exploring new challenges. I'm excited to see if I can take on a, a new locker room and I can take on a new system and still have the same kind of success because if you look over the years, there's been very few, you know, really top-notch quarterbacks that have been able to go from one place to another and have success. So that would be another notch, uh, you know, in, in his belt to say, hey, not only did I have all this great success in New England, but I was also able to go to Tampa and have great success to show because, you know, again, we got people all over the place that want to scrutinize everything. Well, he's a system quarterback. He could only win in one system. I think Tom enjoys all of those challenges and this is a new challenge for him. And I think he's going to hit it running. And I think he's extremely excited about showing that, uh, 
you know, that, that he can do some new things. If anyone knows what it's like to win big in two places, it would be you, Kurt Warner. Kurt, tell us about QB Confidential. I tell you what, you know, during the pandemic, I've had a lot of time, as most people, to kind of hang around and and figure out what I'm going to do next. A lot of meetings with coaches and and quarterbacks across the country. So I developed a a teaching and instruction platform, as you said, called QB Confidential, getting ready to launch it in a couple weeks where it'll be classroom stuff. It'll be on the field stuff. We'll dive into the playbook. I'll share my story. Uh, I'm really excited about the opportunity to reach the masses for the game of football and the game that I love and be able to share my expertise. So uh, if you follow me on Twitter, Kurt 13 Warner or at QB confidential, uh, I'll be having updates on uh, some of the sneak peeks of what I'm doing, but when I'm going to launch it in a couple of weeks. Fun. I look forward to seeing it. Kurt, thanks very much for doing this. Stay well, best of the family, and I'll see you soon. Thanks, Greeny. Same to you, buddy. All right, take care. That's Kurt Warner with us here on ESPN Radio. Very busy we are on this Friday. Coming up next, the biggest winner in the world of sports yesterday was a team that didn't even play. I'll explain right after this. I'm Greeny, and this is ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you. It's that time of year. NFL's almost here. ESPN Fantasy Football's around the corner. Draft your team. Compete with your friends. Take home the crown. Sign up at ESPN.com slash fantasy football today. Jalen Rose and Kenny the Jet Smith together in 15 minutes. But right now, despite my better judgment, we're going to try this. Life is a series of choices. Who you got? Make a decision. Say it! Say it! All right. I'll say it. Who you got? Some of you may remember Bubba. And Bubba has a feature on my new show. It is called Who You Got? where he will throw a couple of options at me, and I will tell him who I've got. Hello, Bubba. Hello, what's up? Well, you've grown a, grown a lot of hair since last we were together, from from every part of your head, top and bottom. Yeah, it's everywhere. Yeah, well, I knew once we were getting back together, I had to keep the uh, disheveled board op look going, so <laughs> here we are. You know that I do like that, and there are almost no things left I can joke about anymore, so I've tried with that. There All you right. go. Uh, yeah, let's get yet? it going. Yeah, Who You Got is brought to you by Granger. Granger loves it. I love it. Everyone loves it. You ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Des Bryant worked out for the Ravens yesterday. Antonio Brown also remains an option for Baltimore at wide receiver. So, if you're Baltimore, Des or AB, who you got? Oh, I've got AB, and it's not even close. The biggest question that hovers over the NFL as they go into the season. Football question, because obviously the coronavirus is the biggest question involving everything. But the biggest question is, who takes the chance on Antonio Brown? Antonio Brown feels to me like a fascinating roll of the dice, because he's not catching lightning in a bottle. Antonio Brown steps onto any team's roster as their best receiver, save for maybe three. So Baltimore, Lamar Jackson wants him. Seattle, Russell Wilson wants him. I think I would do it. I think I would roll the dice. A championship in football is hard to come by. He's a difference-making player. If he didn't get himself thrown out of everything last year, and I'm not in any way diminishing the significance of what it is he's done, but if he didn't get himself thrown out of New England last year, Tom Brady is still there because they won the Super Bowl again. So no question between those two guys, I got A.B. What's next? Mm, I'm sorry. The correct answer is Des Bryant because you got to throw up the X. <laughs> um, the Stanley Cup playoffs are reseeding after each round, while the NBA playoffs do not. Greeny, reseeding or not, who you got? Oh, it's the easiest one. Easiest one. I have always been in strong favor of reseeding. 
And there's never been a time when it was easier to do for the NBA than it is right now. Because there isn't even travel involved. But here's where I come from on that. For those of you who are relatively new to me, I am a huge proponent in making the regular season matter. The NBA has diminished the value of its regular season. I have railed for years about tanking and about resting and about load management. I'm not getting involved in any of those conversations now. But an excellent way to make the regular season more important is to reseed is to make how many games you win in the regular season mean more than just where you start the postseason and won the benefit of one extra home court game per round. In fact, I've gone farther than that, Bubba. I have said many times, and I stand by it, that if you have home court advantage in a playoff series up until the conference finals, you should give the higher-seeded team home court advantage in game one, and they should continue to play at home until they lose a game. And if you get through four straight games and they win all four, we're done here. We're done here. But that that regular season has to matter. We have to make those games mean something. The reason people love Michael Jordan to this day is because on a Tuesday night in January in New Jersey, Michael Jordan was playing like it was Game 7 of the NBA Finals. And today, these guys are load-managing that game, and they decided they were going to do that in October. So we need something to make these games matter. That would help. Reseeding is a good start, so I'm totally in favor of it. Bubba, what's next? All right, I'm going to mark that down. Another Greeny rule. going to mark that one down here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're playing Who You Got. Uh, Greeny, last night you tweeted to our audience, which of these superstars would you bet an amount of money that mattered to you will win next year's NBA championship, LeBron, KD, or Steph? So you asked the audience. Now we're asking you who you got. I'd be very tempted to go with Steph. The reason for this, and this is what I teased when I said the team that had the best day in sports yesterday was one that didn't even play. Did you see the Warriors get the second pick in the draft in the lottery last night? Now, there's good news and bad news for them with that. The bad news is this is not a great draft. It is not, you don't have, not only don't you have Zion, but you don't have Ja. You don't have the the, the players that teams are going crazy about, R.J. Barrett, but Here's the good news. When there isn't a definitive first pick, maybe it's Wiseman, maybe it's LaMelo. If there isn't a definitive first pick, then the second pick feels a little more valuable than it otherwise might. The Warriors will trade that pick for someone. They all come back together healthy. Wiggins, Clay, Draymond, Steph, add something, they have a $17 million trade exemption, and now they have the second pick in the draft to trade? The Warriors are going to be right back in the mix. Having said all of that, my pick is LeBron. I believe LeBron is going to win the championship this year, and I give him the best chance of those three to do it again next year. Bubba, that's who you got. All right, who you got brought to you by Granger. As you get back to business, Granger is there to help with supplies and solutions for every industry, safety recovery guides, 24-7 support, and more. Visit Granger.com slash recovery. I like it. Bubba, well done. And it, all kidding aside, it is good to see you again, and I hope everyone gets a little bit of a kick out of seeing and hearing Bubba once again. Jalen Rose and Kenny Smith with us live in about eight minutes. We will talk about, among other things, the Lakers' big win last night, which came as no surprise to me and shouldn't have come as a surprise to you if you were listening to me. The great ones don't lose that game. The great ones don't lose in the first round of the playoffs to the eighth seed. 
Last night, though, LeBron wasn't the great one. He would have been if they needed him to be. LeBron scored 10 points last night because he could. If they needed him to score 40 last night, he would have. The Lakers were going to win that game no matter what. But last night was all about Anthony Davis, and Anthony Davis is the most important player in the playoffs. If Anthony Davis is great, the Lakers win. If Anthony Davis is not, they don't. It's that simple. So the Lakers will go as far as Anthony Davis takes them. And that's not to diminish LeBron. LeBron is the best and most important player. But LeBron, I have nothing but confidence in what I'm going to get from him. I don't have the same confidence in Anthony Davis. If Anthony Davis gives you that, if the unibrow is the unicorn, nobody beats them. But I don't know that he will be that every night. They'll get through Portland no matter what. Another thing that was interesting about that game last night, Terry Stotts is the coach of Portland. And after the game, he was asked, and he was a little testy in his response, about Damian Lillard being on the floor two minutes left in the third quarter, down 30 when he got hurt. Did you see it? He hyperextended a finger, jammed a finger. X-rays were negative, so that's positive. Don't know what impact it'll have on him as they go forward. They play game three tomorrow. But it is one of those that no one would have questioned it for a moment if he hadn't gotten hurt. So I don't blame the coach for being a little put off by the question. That said, these are the risks that you take. And Derrick Rose, when he first got hurt, and frankly, his career was never the same. They asked Thibodeau afterwards why he was on the floor. Sometimes hindsight is twenty twenty. Mike and Mike, there it is. There's the first one. There's the first time I got said it. it. Do we have a jar? All right. Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Quoting home insurance just got easier with Progressive's Home Curate Explorer. Curate and buy all online at Progressive.com. I'm upset. Jalen and Kenny next. <laughs> Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can get more from Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN News. And don't miss Greeny on Get Up every morning at 8 Eastern on ESPN. Greeny, the podcast.